Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today is the start of something a little bit different. Uh, we are not continuing immediately in Elantris. Data, what do you mean we're not continuing in Elantris? <laughs> so what happened is that uh, Jamie and Dak had a little – was it a little Mistborn? Was that the joke? It's uh, the <laughs> Sure. Jamie and Dak had a baby. And so we're going to take a few weeks off of our normal recordings. About a month is what we plan to give them time to get used to life with new baby and see kind of where and how and maybe even if the show fits into their new, you know, babies change a lot of stuff. So get time to sort all that out. In the meantime, I didn't want to leave you guys uh, with absolutely nothing. For four weeks or whatever. So we came up with an idea that Joe and I could do on our own, which is we're going to look over for this first episode of our baby break. I think that's what I'm going to call these when I post them. We're going to look over one star reviews of The Final Empire, the first book we read, and kind of discuss the merits of uh, some of these perspectives. And since I'm probably the least critical of these books because I really love the Mistborn series and Joe probably in contention for most critical of the books. So it seemed like a good uh, sort of pairing to discuss some uh, views on bad parts of uh, these books and see what we thought. By so, most contentious, you mean like, you know, in our group, maybe not ever. Well, no, obviously not ever. I mean, of the four people who are on the show. Yeah. It's like uh, of those four, you probably have a good claim to the, to finding more flaws. Yep. I'm a judgmental guy, I guess. <laughs> Anyway, so I am Data, and with me is it's me, it's Joe. That that that's all for that's all for the next couple of weeks. Sorry guys. Yeah, sorry. If you people... guys came for Australian accents, <laughs> I I don't know what to tell you. They're not here. If people aren't as interested in the uh, the one star review thing, then maybe we'll have to we'll like recruit a couple of uh, random people, like I did for the Christmas special, and do something kind of completely different. But we'll we'll see what the reactions are. So anyway, hold on to something, everyone. The the modified Sander Lanch is about to begin. From Omega to Mars, from the council to the city of Spars, from the reaches of space to the pillars of a sorry grace. There are battle warmatarians lacking in humility, Julians are bragging about their reach and flexibility. The clutter of the city spreads to the lowliest stars. Okay, so I guess let's actually before we do that. So you gave a rating to the the whole the whole trilogy. So what would you just the first book since we're talking about with these reviews? Like where would you rate that on like a ten star thing? And I'll give mine. Mm. And we'll see okay. Starting. I would say that the first book is is uh, probably my favorite of the three. So I would give it like a seven point eight. Well, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, for me, The Final Empire is one of my all-time favorites. So we're talking like if something's a ten, this is it or pretty close to it for me. So we're not that terribly far off. Uh, right. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm pretty generous to The Final Empire, especially because it introduces us to this. So there's a lot of wonder and yeah. kind of like, oh, what's going on in that book, which I feel like is which is what makes fiction, you know, interesting when you kind of don't know everything that's happening. And you're introduced into like a bold new world. Like I'll go back and read the first Harry Potter book a bunch just because it's like it's cool to experience 
yeah like his first introduction into the world of magic and wizards and stuff so that's that's probably why i rate that one so high just because i i, I enjoy the introduction to to stuff like that and vin i feel like is a unique uniquely different perspective into that kind of world because she has lived a very different kind of life than she's not like a normal protagonist that's like just going along about their life and then all of a sudden crazy things happen it's like she yeah. lived a very different kind of life beforehand as well so it's pretty pretty cool you could kind of argue the same about harry potter i guess because he's, he's yeah lived like an i abused mean his life basically <laughs> right yeah that's true. He he uh he had a little less time with that than Vin though, because he was uh you know he was only ten when stuff started happening for him. It's true. It's kind of I agree that I, I read the reread the first Harry Potter book and it's not the strongest one like story wise or even right. like, writing wise, but it is in, it's interesting to go yeah. back and read it and just how much of the book occurs before he even gets to school. When in my brain yeah, like, like they're all about his time at school, but yeah, it's like a it's like a large percentage of that book before he even gets there. Because I I don't remember how many total chapters there are in that book, but I think I think he doesn't get to the school until like chapter five or maybe maybe six. And that's actually a pretty big chunk of the first book. So maybe it's like a third of the book. But And I'm curious. I'm going to go bring it up on my Kindle and find out because now we're talking about it, I want to know. Yeah, I think um, um, while we're just <laughs> – while we're digressing on Harry Potter, I think my favorite – besides the seventh book, which you know wraps it up, I think my favorite book is the, is the sixth one. I find that one to be the most interesting but also not the most rereadable. Yeah, I see that. I like it a lot, but I don't reread it a ton. I, th- I think I really like all of them when he's in school. So that's why the seventh one was kind of harder for me because he's not in school anymore because they're trying to wrap things up. I like six because of some of the stuff it introduces. I like Slughorn and like going to meet him and stuff. And I like yeah. the way that we're actually finally getting answers to lots is just like throwing out answers to us left and right. But mm-hmm. I especially like it after how depressing and annoying book five was. Yes, very depressing and annoying is, is book five. Two and five are hard reads i like two actually the older i've gotten and the more i've reread it i actually like it quite a bit but there's a lot of the same kind of stuff in two where people think he's the heir and they're being mean to him and he's depressed and sad mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what's going on but it, but five it's like it's totally goes above and beyond that i th- and you know i guess they blame it on like voldemort's connection with him but yeah it's weird so yeah this is the harry potter podcast now so that's what yeah exactly about. we started out with a big digression immediately not going into what we said we were going to but that's for the, fine for the record chapter seven is the sorting hat which i think you would call like his official beginning mm-hmm. at hogwarts and that is 37 percent of the way through the book yeah so that's a that's a over a third before he actually like walks <laughs> into the school okay so for our, our our episode today i've collected some one-star reviews from amazon and from Goodreads, just oh, stuff man. that sounded fun. And I I'm never not go gonna... look at reviews on Goodreads. Do you do you use Goodreads a lot? I don't read a lot of reviews on Goodreads. I used Goodreads a lot a couple of years to track like what I was reading and how much I was reading, but I never like use it to figure out if I want to read a book. It's just like you can put your your collection in there. Mm-hmm. You can see when you last read something, so on and so forth. And I had a competition with someone uh, at, at like a, a few years back to be like, how which of us is going to read the most books this year? Mm, yeah, it wasn't Dak. No, no, it was somebody else that we know. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm not going to I'm not going to not say people's names since these are posted on public websites where they are connecting their names to these already. Yeah. I'm not going to skip over those if, if there were some. The Amazon ones mostly don't have. Right. Them. But anyway, so I'm going to kind of pick from these randomly and just uh, uh, as we go through. Before we get into it, wait, uh, I, I know why, but why one star reviews? 
just I, I think they're fun sometimes because they're just so ridiculous. And but yeah. it's just it's the people who really didn't like the book. And so they're <laughs> going to say the most bad things about it. Yeah. Although I will say a large probably over half of the Amazon one star reviews were complaints that their book was damaged. There were pages missing shipping. from their book. The, yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I didn't pick any of those. Obviously, these are all right. ones that actually talk about the book. Right, I'm going to start with this one because it just strikes me as being ludicrous. So Petra Strasberg says on Amazon, I don't understand why he was chosen for the Wheel of Time series, question mark, question mark. I couldn't get through the first chapter of this book. A big disappointment. The story was trite and the magic was forced and gimmicky. And that's the entire uh, review. Is there even any magic in the first chapter? That's I was I assume that she does not mean the prologue. I'll get I'll, oh, I'll, okay. I'll allow for that much that, we, yeah. that she's not talking <laughs> about like, the I prologue. Think, so. I mean, I know we know that he takes down the guy in the prologue, but we don't know how. Right. But OK, so, yeah, magic in the prologue or the well, first chapter. Okay. I'm going to look at the first chapter real quick and see if like what kind of magic we see. So Ash is falling from the sky. Vin <clears> is no, this <laughs> is the first the first chapter is about Vin and about yeah, her, it's how her so, using her luck. Right. Yeah, Her luck. Right. Well, he you don't even know what that is yet. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like and that's why I picked this one to start with, because it just I don't see how you can rate a book and say the story was trite for one thing. <laughs> if and you, that the magic, read the if you read chapter. the first chapter or it says I couldn't get through the first chapter. So you didn't even make it to the end of the first right. chapter. Yeah, I don't I, I don't completely dismissing the prologue, like the mystery behind because he's not even named at that point, is he? They don't call him Kelsier. Or I, think, they, I think we find they call him the survivor. Let me go back to that because I'm I'm right here. Let's see. Because I was about to say like disregarding. No, we 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 have Kelsier's name in there for okay. sure. So so you know Kelsier's name. You hear it and you know that he somehow destroys the Lord's Manor. But then you go to another chapter with a completely different character and you're like, oh, I can't even make it through this chapter. It's like so the prologue the, the mystery behind how he defeated that Lord. That's like that doesn't pique your interest at all. You're just like this magic sucks about peace. <laughs> luck what a lame name i'm just yeah. I'm, I'm so <laughs> luck. which is funny because it's like again they never call it luck again so yeah uh this one star review i give that one star review <laughs> a zero stars because uh they didn't even give it they, they didn't give it a try i i made a rule for myself because i i used to be like that i'd, I'd get into it the first chapter and be like I, I don't know this is i don't like this so i've now made it a rule that i have to make it at least four chapters into a book before i say yeah you know what i I don't know if i want to keep reading this i gotta give it you know at least four chapters before i put it down and say nah i'm good that's probably fair there's what i think this person may be more upset like because the title of the review is i don't understand why he was chosen to finish the wheel of Mm -hmm. time series so maybe they read his wheel of time ones and didn't like those i don't know and maybe that's the source of oh i I hate him so i'm gonna review this book badly yeah they came in with a, a bias based on so who who originated the wheel of time uh, Robert Jordan wrote the first passed, uh, many books. Yes, he passed and he chose before he died, him and his wife chose Brandon when he really mm. hadn't published. He may have published one book at that point. And they're like, that's interesting. But he was also a big fan of that series. And like, I oh, guess okay. pro, like in that community. So they may have had some knowledge of him from that. I don't know. But uh, there was Robert Jordan said there's gonna be one more book. And apparently when they got when Brandon started and the wife, because uh, Robert Jordan's wife was also his editor. And so she was kind of taking the lead as the editor, but also like as the representation of her deceased husband in deciding things for this book. As they started going through the notes, they're like, oh, no, this is not one book worth of information that we're gonna have to communicate. It ended up being three books uh, that Brandon wrote for the series. But so how many Wheel of Time books are there total? 
So in the main story, there are 14. That's what I've read so far. And then there's one prologue or not prologue. I'm sorry. There's one prequel that was published sort of in the middle of uh, like after the 11th book or some, 10th book or something. Right. And so I that's why that I, I guess I didn't realize that's why Wheel of Time's fair game for us to read outside of this, because it's somebody else's work that he took over. It has nothing to do with like the Cosmere stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not we're I'm, and he only wrote three of them. And the, out of the 15 total, so I'm like, we're not reading 12 books just to get to the three that, he wrote <laughs> yeah. that are the subject of our podcast. So. That's true. And they're not short books either. So but it's, yeah. it's kind of funny. You talk about the first four chapters. That sounds like perfectly reasonable, except in as the Wheel of Time books go on. The prologue gets longer and longer until there's one book. I don't remember which one it was. The prologue is literally 17% of the book before the <laughs> chapters start. Well, but but by that by that time, I'm already invested, yeah, right? Right. I, if I you're, mean, like, if, if you're, you're going to drop out of the series, series at that point, yeah. Right. And that, that's what I mean. It's like, I'm, I'm if you're going to start a series, the first book, you know, you got to give it four chapters. Game of Thrones, I gave it four or five chapters the first time I tried to read it. And I was like, oh man, I don't know about this. So I stopped reading it. But then. I was really bored one summer. I was like, I mean, I guess I'll try it. The TV shows, you know, everybody says it's amazing. And so I started reading it again. And I, I read the first, second, and third one. And I got halfway through A Feast of Crows. I think that's the fourth one. And then I stopped reading it. Yeah. I was just like, eh. So I, I have not, I have still not finished uh, what has been out so far. Plus, I mean, the next book's not out yet. So it's not right. like I'm in a hurry. Yeah, you're not. You're just going to get to the end and be waiting for more. So I only mm-hmm. read... I read two books in that series because I wasn't going to read them until they were all out. That was my original thing. And then the show came out and everyone's talking about it. And I was like, well, I want to watch the show, but I want to read the books before I watch the show. So fine, I'll start reading the books. And I read the first two. And at the end of the second one, what really bothered me most is Arya's plot in the second one. She has mm-hmm. this thing where she spends the whole book trying to get back to her, like her mother and brother. And you through the book, she's like inching closer and closer. And then at the end of the book, she's actually pretty close to where they are, but she doesn't make it in the book ends. Mm-hmm. And I was the most invested in that plot in her getting back. And so it bothered me that the book ended there. And I was so I was like, I don't know if I want to start the next book. I went out and looked up her story on Wikipedia and found out that instead of making it back to her family that she's so close to now, she ends up like on another continent and doing completely different stuff in the next few books. And I was like, nope. I'm not I'm I'm just I'm not doing it. Yeah. Which I mean to be fair, if she had made it back to her mom, she probably would have probably would have been killed at the Red Wedding. Well, yeah. But. And I mean, yeah, story-wise, you know, it makes sense what he what he wants to do with the character. It just felt to me so much like this promise of, yep, this is what where she's mm-hmm. going. We're we're getting closer, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. Nope, no payoff. You never get a payoff for this. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It would it be as if this this the movie, you know, the incredible journey or whatever, the dogs and the cat like are over the hill they see their house and then like a like a, a pound guy comes and picks them up and drives them away <laughs> that's sad yeah oh uh, but yeah so that's why I, I didn't keep going in those books and uh then i started watching the show because i was like okay i'm not gonna read i'll just watch the show and i got like two episodes into the show and i was like i already know everything's happening this is following the books pretty closely i'm bored mm-hmm. and then i never watched the show yeah they, they they end up deviating from the books obviously when uh there was no more book material so yeah well uh, but yeah, I, I watched the first two seasons of the show and I was like, uh, you know, I'm good. So I never, uh, I never did watch the show after that or finish it. I mean, I know what happens. Of course it's part right. of pop culture. So, but yeah, I never, I never actually finished it. Okay. Let's do another one of these, but maybe one with a little more depth to it than that silly one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's we, see. Brandon hater. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was just so random. Okay, um, no, not that one yet. Here is this was actually pretty long. We'll see what we think about this guy. So Kevin on Goodreads. Oh, and I was gonna hold on before I even get into that. I was gonna say just for for perspective here on Amazon, this book has 7,500 ratings. And 75 of them are one star. So, like, exactly 1% are one star. <laughs> 1% of people. Yeah. And uh, the numbers are actually pretty close to that on Goodreads. Uh, 460,000 reviews on Goodreads. 4,500 of them are one star. So, a wow. little bit less than 1%. So, we're I wonder talking if that's, like, these... an algorithm where they push push them out. Because I feel like that's too perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and I, I don't know because it's just so – there's so many more on Goodreads that I was kind of like, well – although I did see at least one that was the exact same review posted both places. So I don't know how often that happens either. But anyway, I just wanted to give some perspective that we're reading these bad reviews of this book and talking about them. This is in no way majority opinions on these on, these, on this book. So. Right. And it will be interesting if we continue doing this for the, like the next episode to see the comparison. If these, this is 1%, how many percent is one star for like The Well of Ascension? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Kevin on Goodreads said this is massively overhyped and lazily constructed. For starters, despite Mistborn being touted by some, the author in parentheses, as a, quote, the bad guy wins book, it is actually as generic as almost any other book using a Dark Lord. The only difference is this in this book is he isn't trying to reclaim power, only maintain it. Now, don't get me wrong. The premise could be good fun, but the way it is conveyed is way too painful to truly enjoy. Now, before I rip into the book, I should say it wasn't so bad that I couldn't finish it, only that I had to skim during some of the tedious middle portions. Also, I wasn't I was actually interested to learn about some of the mysteries, though that just made it more of a slap in the face when no effort is made to give them a satisfying resolution. The characters in the series are where many of the problems stem from. We have Vin and Kelsier as the main characters. Despite being the most fleshed out, Vin was never even slightly likable with her plethora of inner monologues and brother issues. Kelsier fared better but still felt pretty generic and had too many lines and moments evidently made to force the reader to like him. The rest of the characters are vague, scarcely fleshed out shadows with single attributes that define them. Unfortunately, this is even the case for the Lord Ruler. Even after seeing the twist coming, I was pretty curious to find out about him and sloshed through the slew of filler antagonists to get to the end, only to find him as a very generic Dark Lord entity. I've heard Brandon speak, and he's an intelligent guy. He gives advice on showing rather than telling, and I expected closer to George R. R. Martin's work based on that. Yet he has a habit of stating the obvious and never implying things. Sometimes it is needed because the characters' reactions are so unbelievable that you need to hear it from them to confirm what's going on. Other times it's obvious, but stated anyway. The pacing is terrible. Brandon clearly wanted to make a story about an epic uprising, but wasn't too clear on how to get to the actual uprising. We meet characters and get some description of the world, but the plethora of training sections, which you can see coming from a mile away, the whole noble parties could have been fun in a better book, but dialogue and characterization is just so weak that everything came across as copy-paste of stereotypes. Once the actual uprising occurs, the pace goes from slow to wildly erratic with some random burst of heroism, false flag deaths, sacrifices, etc. But it's all cramped in such a close section and glued together so poorly that events are jagged and odd. The occurrences themselves are also very unbelievable, such as the event which sets off the uprising, which was very cliche and spelled out immediately in the next chapter. All in all, this book was just not there. Nothing felt truly inspired. Did I think it might have had potential? Sure. Before there was any dialogue, were some parts cool? Well, not really, but the fighting was intense, interesting the first time. Would I recommend, recommend it? Absolutely not, unless you're a fan of new magic systems in a bland setting. 
Oh, sorry, that was a long one. So what do you think? <laughs> That's a, wow, that was uh, wow. He really he really dove for it. So like we we kind of did opposites, right? That first review was like I couldn't even get through the first chapter. It was terrible. And then this guy's like, look, I read the whole thing and I thought about it all. And he yep. said, but I feel like he's I feel I feel like where he's kind of failing is he he um he's expecting Brandon to be somebody else. He even says mm-hmm. that. He's expecting Brandon to be like George R. R. Martin. It's like, well, that's not his thing. And while I do admit there's some stereotypical type character arcs, archetypes in the first book, especially with uh, the other crew members who don't get more fleshed out until uh, later. At the same time, I would say the story is not even really about them. It's only about Kelsier and Vin, really. And then to an extent says but they so much of says is a mystery in the first book that mm-hmm. you don't get to really dive in so i can see where he's coming from on some things i would say that he's a little too critical of the of the book for sure i mean i thought that i thought that the ending was pretty good but i can see where he's coming from it's like you have this lord ruler guy and then he shows up and he's just kind of like an evil guy but again, you don't get more until later when you find out that he did all these other things. But uh, has the book been touted as the bad guy wins uh, this first book? Yeah, well, and I okay. The and we talked about it a little bit when we were reading. But Brandon has said it's like it's a story about not the bad guy wins in the book. I guess the bad a uh, uh, a world where the bad guy won because this is like the Lord Ruler's world basically. Like he took the power mm-hmm. and whatever. So it's like. A Lendy story is like the bad guy won, and we're coming in after that. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But even then, you know, knowing what we know now, of course, we've got hindsight. This guy probably he he may have never read the two books after. That's true. But even then, we know it's like Rashik wasn't really the bad guy. He was just a guy who was trying to figure out how to do the right thing because his uncle, you know, gave him instructions. All right. And then it just didn't didn't work out. Well, he was still an asshole, so it was, yes, he was that still was a part jerk. of it too. Yeah, so it, it's like but, uh, he, he's the guy who has to save the world, but he's kind of an asshole, so it's like it doesn't yeah. end up being that nice a place. Yeah, exactly. He's not smart enough to know he can't just push the earth away from the well, sun that, yeah, or that, push that the earth towards the sun or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, I could again only reading the first book, I can see some, where he's coming from on some of that stuff, but I. I think Vin and Kelsier are probably the most compelling parts of the story. And for him to say that the inner monologue and stuff of Vin was, I guess, I think he said boring. I'm not sure the exact word he used. Uh, he said Vin was never likable, ever, sli- never, likeable. never, ever slightly likable with yeah. her plethora of inner monologue and brother issues. I, I feel like that's, that's a little harsh. Yeah. I, feel like, uh, I feel like she's likable. I feel like she's more likable than Kelsier at some points because you're just, you feel for her. You want her to... You want her to get uh, to start trusting people to get better, to be better, and those kinds of things. Whereas there are moments in the first book where we were like, "Man, could could Kelsier end up being the bad guy at the end of this?" Because mm, right. some of the stuff he's doing is pretty rough. So yeah, I feel like this guy's probably a little too critical. I I, I see some of his points though. I'm going to say I see a couple of his points. We we even talked about the secondary characters. The other crew members don't get a lot of fleshing out. 
I don't know that I, I would call them vague shadows with single attributes that define them, but I'm not saying <laughs> that that's like super duper far off. They really don't get that much. Some like some of them, especially like clubs, you barely get anything about clubs until right. like maybe maybe the very end where it's like, why are you the general clubs? He's like, where do you think I got this, you know, like limp or whatever. So I get where you're coming from on that. I feel like the Lord Ruler is kind of fleshed out, but in a weird way, because we don't learn stuff about him in the current time. We learn stuff about Rorschach and we get this idea of the kind of person Rorschach is. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's him. So we yeah. actually learn more about Rorschach than we ever learned about like clubs or ham through Alendi's journal. So the Lord Ruler is actually one of the more fleshed out characters. It's just you have to connect mm-hmm. those things in your mind after the reveal. Yeah. And then also another thing I'll say is he he sounds like he's just not used to reading Brandon. Maybe this is his first his first book that he's read of Brandon's. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about it. That's the podcast is named after it. He seemed to have a lot of problems with the pacing of the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then and and we did complain about the pacing, especially in the second book. Yeah. Um, but but, you know, we kind of knew going in. Well, no, that's how the pacing of these books works. It's like you get all this dialogue character stuff stuff happens things change there's twi- there's like twists there's failures and then everything starts moving faster and faster and faster yeah but i guess he doesn't like that pace in a book that's fair and there's actually a lot of the reviews talk about the pacing i think that's kind of what it is it's like this is brandon style and it's not going to be for everyone with the way the pacing works especially at the end of the books i feel i feel like the thing about george r, r. martin was like i expected closer to this quality for one thing i think that because and he, and he says it in relation to like showing rather than telling and i'm like look if you go back and read the first game of thrones book because it's introducing this new universe there is a lot of telling rather than showing in that book oh too. yeah oh yeah especially the first half of that book not that much happens no it's not it's it's not until like later when you start getting into a lot of stuff and so this is the first right. book of this world also and if you if you equate those it's actually not I mean, it's still George R. R. Martin's writing is definitely very different. And so I'm not going to say that they're yeah. e- equal or anything, but I feel like you're kind of drawing a false comparison there. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, because you're right. Until Eddard Stark gets to gets to the Southern Kingdom, it's like there's there's really nothing much that can happen. Because yeah, exactly. The throne is in the south. So all of the king stuff coming up to the north to get him to come down to be the hand. It's like, I mean, there's not much that's going on. Okay, I'm going to go into the next one, and this is another short, fun one that I I, I put on here just because I liked it. So <laughs> Jeff on Goodreads said, It was when the thief and the mage pulled out a whiteboard and started drawing a flowchart of how to conquer the fantasy kingdom that I realized, wait, I'm just reading some sad bastard's D&D campaign. I'm not sure what purpose fiction serves, but I'm positive this is not it. <laughs> what? I, <laughs> I guess he's saying Kelsier's the mage and... Uh... And Dox is the thief, and they're—I mean—they're making a plan to overthrow the kingdom. Well, I mean, that's the thing they're trying to do. Really, it's Kelsier with the whiteboard, and he's kind of the thief and the mage. So I don't know if he's—I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, I don't know exactly. if that was clear at that point to him, I guess. Or maybe maybe he's saying Vin. Maybe Vin is the thief because she's in the room when this is happening. So yeah, and they have been the two main. The, but that she's also a mage, so I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, but she she hasn't really used much magic before then, so maybe I don't know. Anyway, it's just I just like he's like some sad bastards D and D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to think of it from that perspective. Now it's like is the, <laughs> is the is the DM playing as one of the characters? Is he Kelsier? Like what's going? Like you know, because Kelsier's the one with the plan. So you're right. 
I don't know. Uh, do, we, do, do you ever have people sit around? Do, is, is that something we do when we're like, okay, we have to go do this. Let's sit here and come up with a plan for how we're going to do it first. So, uh, and you're, what you're talking about is our group because yeah. uh, of the particular friends that we have in our group, that doesn't happen because they're kind of like, okay, let's just go do this. Sometimes Matt Bjorn will try to make a plan, but he's playing his character so dumb that none of his plans are very good. <laughs> he does. He plays him so dumb. Uh, so... So I feel like plans never really do get made. You're usually the one that's like, okay, well, why don't we just go do this? And then they're like, yeah, okay. But I have, I, I did DM for a group where they would like, every encounter, they would be like, okay, how can we talk our way out of this? How can we, let's make up with a plan. You're going to go stand over there and I'm going to do this and then blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's go. Like people do that. It just depends on the play style. I actually like the way you guys do it more. Because it, it leads to a lot more um, a lot more interesting reactions and back and forth. It also, you know, makes the NPCs mad because you guys are doing dumb stuff. And they get mad and they start a fight. And, you know, <laughs> if you're just talking the whole time and you're not fighting, it's not really D&D, I feel like. Uh, it, well, no, it's, it's, it's especially good when the, the NPCs start talking shit. And Poet's like, nope, stab them. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I, I don't take this from, some, from an NPC. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so to, for this to be a D&D campaign, for the book itself to be a D&D campaign, I feel like it's pretty crummy because it's like it sounds like they don't do a very good job of saving the world. And one of their guys dies near the end. And then uh, another one just like rolls a crit 20 to kill the bad guy. So it's like <laughs> uh, I don't really know that it works as a D&D campaign, but it was very that was an interesting review. Uh, it's funny because I've talked about before. I actually asked the people on the Discord partly because I knew this was coming up, but also partly because it was. And, I'll, and I think we'll read some emails at the end of this also, just because I don't want to hold them for four weeks. But uh, somebody had emailed suggesting like extra content sort of things that we could do. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, I mean, if we ever did like a Patreon, maybe these would be good ideas for extra content things. Because the only thing I'd ever come up with when thinking, like, what extra content could we make is, like, there's a Mistborn RPG game. So maybe, I was like, well, maybe we could do, like, some Mistborn RPG sessions. That's the only thing. So this guy came up with a couple ideas that he sent. And then I asked in the Discord. I was like, if we did some sort of extra content, is are these ideas interesting to you? Or what, I, what kind of other things would you guys be interested in? And uh, in partly the idea was that if the idea that I had for this where we're doing one-star reviews, if people weren't enjoying that, then maybe some of these ideas we could bring in. But uh, it, the the majority of people on Discord were kind of like, hey, I'll listen to whatever you guys do, which that's nice. Thanks. That is nice. But, uh, you know, input is also nice. But anyway, that was just another short, fun one that I enjoyed. Here's another uh, not quite as long, but still more lengthy one from Lauren or Laura. Sorry, on Goodreads. Laura says, warning, this will be a very angry rant review. Honest to God, I will never understand how this book is so beloved by all. I have been so painfully bored since the very beginning. Hopefully it will eventually redeem itself. The entire first section of this book is all political dialogue that mostly doesn't even make much sense because the entire time Kelsier just hints at things without fully explaining them. Vin hardly speaks at all, so she basically doesn't even count as a character. Then, when we get to the two chapters based around the magic system, I seriously just wanted to scream I was so bored. Honestly, I think I'm the only reader in the world that could not give a shit about how magic works scientifically. Oh, you can fly? Great. More power to you. Oh, you can summon a fireball with your hand? Awesome. You can shapeshift? Fantastic. I don't need to know the specifics behind it. It's bloody magic. It just is. Maybe you were born with it. Maybe a radioactive spider bit you. Maybe you were cursed. That's all I need to know. From page 187 to 189, I counted the word coin slash coins 
used 24 freaking times, and they were used at least another four times the next couple of pages. I was getting so irrationally angry at the repetitive word usage that I was about ready to throw the book across the room. Like, okay, we've established metals are the reason people can use magic in this world. You spent two bloody chapters explaining that. You don't have to mention them every freaking time magic is used. Just get on with the damn story. I'm honestly just so disappointed with this book. I've had it sitting on my shelf for almost a year, and I've actually been dying to read it this whole time, but I was apprehensive knowing it was high fantasy. I love the fantasy genre, but typically high fantasy and I don't mix. I should have trusted my gut and not bought into the hype. It's just that I've heard so many people who normally hate high fantasy as well say this is, they absolutely adored this book, so I figured maybe this would be the one to break the spell for me. Sadly, not the case. Hmm. So right off the bat, let me ask you, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm a dumb guy, I guess. I don't know. What is the difference between fantasy and high fantasy? So high fantasy is generally fantasy that takes place in like a different world, like a fantasy, an entirely fantasy world. So if there's a different world being created, that's high fantasy. There's other there's other words for other kinds of fantasy. Some sometimes if something's on Earth as a contrast, to high fantasy, they'll call it low fantasy. I know that's my favorite uh, terminology mm. for it. And yeah. so, something like the Dresden Files that takes place in the modern world is that's urban fantasy. That would make sense. And so, um, I, I guess I mean, that, I, man, if she doesn't like high fantasy, she's throwing a lot of stuff out the window. She doesn't like Lord of the Rings. She doesn't like, I mean, there's some great fantasy stuff that's definitely not set on Earth. Right. Um, but anyway, I I think she does have a point with with uh, the usage of explaining the magic system. If that's not your thing. If you're not interested in understanding how it works, then then, yeah, it might be aggravating to you. And we did. I think we all talked about in the first book when we were reading it, like, OK, it was it was good that they explained it in these chapters and, and they used it in the battle. So he said it several times, but that was probably enough. He probably doesn't need to keep doing that <laughs> at this point because we're good. So I get where she's coming from from that. I don't know why she's angry, but. I guess because she she there was a lot of hype built around the book. Just uh, just take the hype with a grain of salt. Whenever I hear something hyped up, yeah. I always think about it for a while, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go into this hyped up thing with lower expectations than what my friends are hyping it up to be, because undoubtedly I'm going to find some some stuff wrong with it, and so I don't wanna I don't wanna go in with high expectations because then I know I'm just gonna not like it. So that's why, especially when we started the series, I know you liked it a lot, but I was just like, you know, I'll just, I'm just going to go into this with a completely open mind and I'll try to just see it for what it is. This reader sounds like she, she couldn't, couldn't quite manage that. Uh, so she does have some points. I would say, I would say that the characters do are, are talking in the way and they're talking. Cause I know she mentioned something about Kelsier and Finn not talking much at all. It's like, there's, there's a reason for that. I mean, it's character development. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously all of these one star reviews are going to be a little too harsh or funny or ridiculous. So I'm, I'm kind of talking in circles here, but basically I don't agree with her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I agree, but I can, I can see how some of the things she said have some merit for sure. I feel like if you don't like the explanation of the magic systems, Brandon is just not the place to be because that is like his mm-hmm. he, what he's known for is having these magic systems that have solid rules and that are explained so you understand how they work and know what to expect out of them. Right. So it was just Laura found herself in a very bad place if that is her opinion on magic and fantasy. But the part that really gets to me is the coins thing where she's like, it was used 24 <laughs> times. And I was like, look, coins are what they use to move and fight 
when they're Mistborn, if you're reading another fantasy book and in a, there's a sword fight going on, you will see the word sword like a hundred times because yep. the swords are swinging. It's the same thing. This is their yep. weapon. This is what they're using. I don't I, I don't get why it, the word coin upset you that badly. But that's <laughs> that. No, you, I mean, you're completely right. And and actually, you know, to your point, you're going to see coins more because, like you said, they don't just use it to fight. They use it to move around. So yep. what are you, you going to say? Uh, they punched the air with their foot. They punched it with their other foot. They punched off of that with their foot. Like you have to describe what's happening. So you're going to have to use the word. Yeah. But yeah, a hundred percent. It's like they use the coins for fighting, for moving, for balancing. So it's, you're going to have to hear the word coin. Sorry. We heard the word spike a lot in some of the books as well. We heard the word horseshoe, you know, it's like, it's (laughs) going to happen. They're using the stuff. uh, You're going to hear the word. Also, I don't like saying that because Vin hardly speaks at the beginning or, or in a lot of this book, to be fair, until she she starts coming out of her shell. That's part of her character development. But it's like she does. She hardly speaks at all in the first of the book. So she basically doesn't even count as character. Mm-hmm. You're in her mind so much. You know what she's thinking. And she is like this like person who has been taught not to like talk out to crew leaders and stuff. That's part of what we see her growth as she becomes more comfortable with these people. I don't, I don't see. I yeah. like, no, I don't care how much she thinks what what's in her head. If she doesn't talk, she's not a character. It doesn't count. It's not, yeah, we're not, we're not watching a, a movie. If it was a movie, maybe mm-hmm. you could argue that, but I don't. I don't like that. Yeah, that. Yeah, you're you're 100 right because I think if she talked all the time, that would make the moment where she finally does speak out to Kelsey and be like, "You guys act like you're, you know, you're ska, but you all live like nobles." Like that would make that much less impactful. Right. If she just spouted her mouth off all the time. So, uh, yeah, I think you're you're 100 percent right on that. I think she she needs to really think about what she views as a character. It's like if I don't use my voice, I'm not a character. That doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense, because then, like, how could you be a character if you like could it then a deaf person couldn't be a character. Right. Then a mute person couldn't be a character. Spook couldn't have been a character because he didn't (laughs) talk much, at least in the first book. When when he did talk, you had no idea what he was saying. Exactly. Doesn't doesn't even count. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't with the burn. You know, it's like, I don't know what he's saying. Okay, another short, funny one that just kind of goes along with that, because I, I had to do these back-to-back. So Ola on Goodreads, O-L-A, not like H-O-L-A, O-L-A, says, In this novel, there are 440 nods of the head, 299 smiles, 200 frowns, 152 shakes of the head, 166 glances, 120 sighs, 93 shrugs, 50 raised eyebrows, thir- 31 pairs of rolled shoulders, and five uses of the word maladroit. That's the entire one star review. I guess she doesn't like overusage of things. I, I have to ask, if you don't like overusage of words, are you just like an English teacher? I feel like that's what my English teacher in high school said. She's like, you can't use was that many times. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? That's how people speak. Like, if 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 I want to describe somebody rolling their shoulders, why do I have to pick a different action or a different verb just just so that you're appeased that makes no sense nobody nobody talks that way nobody reads that way nobody acts that way like i'm not just going to throw in like he tapped his foot impatiently in just so that you you can not see uh he glanced sideways from side to side nervously like i'm not going to substitute one for the other just because you don't like the amount of times that i put that in and uh, i never understood that with something like, I mean, just for an example, since you use an example, with something like was, if like every sentence is he was this and she was that, and I can get how it sounds once you get a like a paragraph or two of that, it's like, oh, this is 
it, it does sound off to me. But at the same time, I'm just like, if through the whole book there were 31 times some people were rolling their eyes, people roll their eyes. It it that saying that communicates something. I don't. People smile. I'm sorry that there were almost 300 pe- times where someone smiled, but that is a thing that people do. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the absence of words here just says so much to me. It's just like this person is just like I don't like how many times things were done over and over. It's like okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> are i mean do you want do you want the person to, that's writing this fantasy book to be like a poet that has extensive vocabulary i don't i don't understand plus i would say that it's also based on what kind of story you're you're writing if you're writing yeah. a story about real people they're going to act in normal ways they're not going to do weird stuff or express themselves verb- like in a different way and, and again, she's talking about the actions words mm. more than the actual dialogue. But at the same time, it's like I don't know. Um, I've I've talked myself into a circle again. It's like I've she she's uh she or he is just being a little too little too negative for no reason. So just as a note, because Smile was the one that she mentions first and came up the most. I was like, you know what? Let me take a look here. I went to the name of the wind, where Patrick Rothfuss is usually considered very good with words, like his his prose is one of the things that people love. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like poetry practically uh, the way he writes. Yeah. There's, there's 400 occurrences of smile in the name of the wind, which is yeah. a longer book than the final empire to be fair, but still. So it's, it's, it's something that authors, people are going to smile to indicate that they're happy. That is what authors right. do. What I mean, what are you going to say? It's like, he was happy. Then to you your have po- 300 happies. I don't right to your point from the last review. It's not a movie. Yeah. It's like I, I like he has to you, you'll have to with words express what the character is looking like at this moment, how they're reacting. So, yeah, you're going to have to over you're going to reuse words. That's just how it is. Uh, OK, let's see. Let me pick another one out of here. Uh, OK, here's the very first one I found on Amazon. This one says dull and unbelievable. More than 600 pages dot 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 in which almost nothing happens. Dozens and dozens of pages spent on various characters training our quote-unquote heroine in Allomancy while saying almost nothing about some truly interesting concepts in the book. Ash fell from the sky, Inquisitors, etc. I really tried with this book. I really did. But when after 500 pages, the main character returns from the showdown with the other Mistborn in tattered clothes and covered in blood, what does she get as a reaction from her comrades in arms? Undergarments is not, an appro- is not appropriate clothing for a young lady. After that, I forever tossed this book in the no-no bin and erased Sanderson from my list of writers to follow. Hmm. I know we just read that review. I want to go back because uh, there was a review that I forgot to mention. She she talks about <laughs> and there's too much political talk in the first book. Who boy? Oh right? yeah, the second. I was thinking the same thing. Move on to the second book. Like the very first thing they said was the political talk, and I was like, <laughs> I was did like, she read the wrong book? Is she reviewing the <laughs> she second read book? Well of Ascension, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, if she hated the political talk in the first one. Oof. But the thing but, is, I don't uh, feel like there's that much political talk in the first one. I mean, not like, really. It's, it's just it's, like, it's hey, we need thing. to overthrow the Lord Ruler and the Inquisitors, like, hurt people and hunt people. and But at the same time, it's like, yeah, there's political talk because we're – the readers are strangers to this world. We have to know what's going on. We have to know how their political system works in order to understand why it's bad and why they need to overthrow it. But yeah, uh, going back, jumping back to this review that you just read. Uh, actually, now I've forgotten everything about it. <laughs> um, well, nothing happens in the in 600 pages. Oh, oh yeah. 
and the undergarments are not appropriate clothing for a young lady. Look, okay, your character just went through some shit. You gotta have some comic relief. That's all that was. It was a joke, and it was a good one. It was a good joke. (laughs) It was funny that they kept bringing up that she just walks around in her underpants. That's funny. Uh, And even, even the characters in the story are like, okay, yeah, what he just said was ridiculous, but this is just how he deals with stuff. Because it was like Dachshund who was upset right. about that. Yeah, he's just like, look, he, he, he's got to find something he can control. And you walk around in your underpants is something he can control. So don't do it. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't feel like nothing happened in this book. Like, that was their first complaint is there's 600 pages and nothing happens. And, I mean, maybe it's more of a – it, it may really be more of a character story. And what, what happens is Vin – develops as a person and that's kind of the main through line of this book even though there's this revolution in the background there's not that much like until the end of the book there's not that much revolution there's not that much stuff actually changing in Mm. society and big things happening right because that's what the book is building to but before that it really it's about vin and how she becomes this new person and how she learns about this new world Mm. and i like that i did this character story of her so He's building to something large on the horizon, but he's, his stories are primarily about the people yeah. in the books, which if you don't like character development or hearing stories about people, I honestly don't know why you're reading books <laughs> because I don't want to just hear about events and not hear about how the people are affected by them. That doesn't really mean yeah. much to me right so um yeah if they just told the like go back going back to harry potter if harry potter was just like a, a boy goes to school he learns that an evil wizard killed his parents then he uh learns to do magic and then he defeats the evil wizard like that's that's the story of harry potter but what about all the good parts with the people in it <laughs> so i'm not sure what she's what she's saying i guess she wanted more to happen I, again this 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 reviewer probably has just a problem with the pacing i'm guessing yeah they're like and, well yeah, nothing that's happens what it comes down to. and then i'm I, I wonder if they even made it to the end because they didn't mention that like and then at the end all this stuff happens so all, right like, too fast or anything so well, yeah it sounds like this person says they quit after like the undergarments are not appropriate clothing part, oh that's so. right she's like i threw the book away after yeah <laughs> okay whatever but he, I mean, you're right. I hadn't actually thought about it that way. But even in the Stormlight Archive, which is his big epic where like kingdoms rise and fall and stuff, it really is all about the people in the story. And it's, it's very centered on like personal things. And so, yeah, it's not. And I, I, I like that you're telling a story that way. I mean, you're right. Harry Potter is the same thing. Harry Potter is like all from Harry's perspective, basically. And it's about him mm-hmm. and not the the huge the, the stuff that's happening. Yeah. Which is, which is why book five is going on. Yeah. Exactly. And we don't know what's going on because he doesn't know what's going on. But that's why book yeah. five is so infuriating, because he's being a little shit. His... <laughs> yeah, the whole time, which, to be fair, uh, that's probably the book where he knows the least about what's going on around him. Yeah. And it is affecting him. So it's like, dude, holy shit, somebody tell me what's going on. This is pissing me off. I have no idea what's going on. And I'm having to deal with all this shit vicariously because I don't know what's happening to me. Well, he's also a teenage boy. So, you know, yeah, there's true. It makes sense that you you would be a little shit for a while, but it's yeah, still annoying. Yeah, 15 is a tough age. Oh, goodness. Okay, let's see. Oh, this one's good because of the... the you, you'll see. This, this other one from Amazon says, An epic waste of time. I see the next two novels in my community college library. It helps that the premise on the front flap seems interesting, so I decide to check it out after a few days. That said, I find it nice to read somebody acknowledge the fact that if you mistreat your comrades, they will leave you. Granted, one of our 
quote, heroes said that. However, this was the only sensible nugget of wisdom, aside from Slazed speaking about religion or Ham trying to find a conversation. Speaking of Slazed, his name changes from time to time. That's because his name is not Slazed. I, I don't think his no, name in the book is Slazed. not Slazed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> slazed. It sounds like, a, sounds like a rock and roll guitarist. Yeah, like, right. And like welcome Slash. to the stage, Slazed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, it's not it's not his name. Sorry, I had to pause because it's the Slazed part that yeah. makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> I, I, he's probably just confused, I guess, because of the Sazed Sazed thing. It is like, it is bro, hard to say when you first a, see it. Yeah, he's he's got a nickname. That's that's all it is. Calm down. In addition, the intricacies of metal burning sounds interesting. In fact, it stays that way for a while and leads to interesting fight and chase scenes. On the other hand, there are several flaws. First off, for someone who's supposed to be insane, Keelseer sure does admit that a lot. Yeah, it should go without saying that unhinged people don't do that. Then this is coming from someone who's seen a stranger start squeezing her finger, period. So his friend had to explain that that man thought he, her, that man thought her knew her. Also, glares and flat stares. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand uh, any of that sentence. Or is this like, guy crazy? Is that what he's trying to say? I don't know. Maybe, uh, but it, it's Kelsier does admit that he's crazy, and I, I think that you're supposed to think that he's not crazy based on. I, I don't know. Kelsier's just he's 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 uh, he's a, a weird dude. So I don't, it's a weird complaint to me. Anyway, to continue, I don't want to dissect this piece by piece, but also glares and flat stares don't even begin to look the same. That's unless you have some reason for being able to discern facial facial expressions. On the other note, I have to mention Vin because she plays such an integral part. I don't mind her until she interrupts Ellen's reading. What makes it worse is her quote unquote reasoning behind it. It doesn't help that she remains aggravating on this subject. It gets to the point she even threatens to end her relationship with Ellen over that. When she fought to save him, I didn't buy their love. Of course, there's also claiming Reen loved her. Him raising her doesn't change the fact that almost every time he's mentioned, he's either had to encourage trust that can be justified, though, or abusing her. I guess learning he lied to protect her is supposed to absolve that. While on this subject, I need to mention the Dark Lord. I don't dislike him for his past deeds. I don't even dislike him for being instrumental for a mentor cliche. I guess that's killing off Kelsier. It's because he starts out with real reason to lament he even makes legitimate points i even started empathizing with him until the last few chapters one last thing about the characters i guess since it's a fantasy story it's okay to spend five seconds naming everyone and don't get me started on vin however there's an upside to this ellen turns out to be an honest man he even expresses wanting to change how the empire rules i felt happy until i started considering he could have just been posturing that was until the tail end of the novel that said this begs the question does the this turn the entire genre on its head it starts off this way because a few characters question the main goal however it soon turns into a typical fantasy novel in fact if you take out the mention of allomancy and ferrochemy you won't run the risk of shortening it or no you run the risk of shortening it that's the review and i i don't understand it which is why i read it i was like no, maybe it makes sense to someone uh, else well I, I i heard a few points in there so um yeah, I'm a little confused. I can't tell. I, I mean, it's one star, so I guess he didn't like it. But there were parts where I'm like, sounds like he likes it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he doesn't like it. So, so let's let's talk about the stuff that I kind of feel like I understood. Vin, uh, I don't. I, he seems to have a problem with her name. Her name, I yeah, I guess. I, I don't know why it's a name. <laughs> uh, 
Then uh, the weirdest thing that he seemed to, to not like was that she interrupted him while in he his was reading. reading. Yes, exactly. At a party, it's like, bro, <laughs> if you're at a party, like they kind of make fun of that that he's a dick at the party and just wants to read, like, and he doesn't want to be a part of the party, but he has to be there. That that's kind of the point of him reading at the party is to look like he doesn't want to be there. So for her to kind of call that out, that's like that's you know normal which leads me to believe that maybe this reviewer is a guy who goes to parties and just sits in the corner and reads and doesn't want anyone to bother him which then i'm like okay well then why are you going to the party bro uh (laughs) so it was a little strange uh that he's upset about that uh (laughs) i'm trying to think if there was anything else in there that i kind of understood is there anything that sticks out to you that you you understood i think you picked out the things like the vin name it's like i guess it's okay to spend five seconds naming everybody don't get me start and i don't get me started on vin and so i was like so he hates vin did he dislike everyone's names or she i I didn't have a name on this one i'm gonna call this person slazed uh so i don't know slazed didn't like everyone's names or just vins and i can i mean he I think maybe the naming conventions and like stuff like ham is, is a pretty like, oh, come on, really? That's that's a name. It's short for Hammond in the end, which makes sense. But I think it like we talked about recently is like a, a reaction to what he did in Elantris where the names were so ridiculous. Yeah. Crayson, Raiden, Serini. Yeah. Keen. Keen. It's Kai Ein. Kai Ein. Yeah. Stupid. I'm calling him Keen. Yeah. No, 100 percent. I mean. Okay, so you don't like the names. Did you, I guess he wanted like Krathen or, you know, some he wanted some weird shit from Elantris. Uh, right. Hey, man, it exists. Go go yeah, read it. It's it's there. Yeah, but yeah, I I don't know why this guy gave it one star. It sounds like maybe English also isn't this guy's first language. So uh, maybe, maybe we part maybe we cut him some slack. But yeah. uh, so uh, we, <laughs> so of all the one star reviews that we've read, which one was your favorite? Uh I, I like the one where the person just uh, lists out all the words and how many times they were said. That one's fun. Th- that one's pretty good. I think, honestly, maybe the first one was my favorite, where she's like, Did- <laughs> I oh, didn't even finish the first even, chapter. Couldn't yeah. even finish the first <laughs> chapter. She's like, what? Like, <laughs> you hear the word luck and you're like, I'm out. Like it doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah, yeah, because uh, they didn't finish the first chapter, but the story was trite and the magic was ridiculous right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah even yeah. though you have no idea how it works at that point, you wouldn't you have, have any no idea. idea what the story is about. What what even chapter do we get like a good explanation of Alamancy? When does that chapter come? Oh, that is okay. So he recruits Vin, mm-hmm. and then after they have their first big meeting, he takes her out that night and starts explaining how Alamancy works. So that mm-hmm. is. Let's see. I, I can find that one second. The ministry clubs. There's Marsh showing up the meeting and getting upset at Kelsier. Okay, here we go. So it was chapter seven. Right. So she she was like, nah, I'm done after chap, but like not even all the way through chapter one. Yeah. And literally like they don't even st- saying that the magic, the story was trite and the magic was dumb. You don't even get an explanation of any of the magic until six chapters later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just like the hubris of like I read halfway through this first chapter. It sucks. That'd be like me sitting through you know the first five minutes of a movie and being like, "This sucks. I'm out." 
which I don't yeah. know I could make a determination. Maybe on some movies you could. On some but. movies, probably, yeah. There's a couple of things I wanted to mention because we didn't necessarily read any reviews in them, but there were some some recurring themes in the reviews. One of them was people complaining that the the twist at the end was so easy to see coming that they saw it from like halfway through the book. Mm. And it was it was super obvious. And I'm like, we were all examining that book real closely. And no, I mean, there were there was a theory that yeah. maybe maybe halfway. halfway through. Yeah. But I don't think. Unless we're all just really dumb that it is as obvious as a lot of these people make it out to be. I also don't think that the my enjoyment of the book was lessened by the fact that we figured that out. No. And also, like, yo, hindsight's 2020, right? It's like you read a book, found out the twist. You're like, I knew that. It's just like people people who went to see The Sixth Sense and they're like, oh, I knew immediately what was going on. (laughs) Sure you did. Ghost the whole time. Uh I mean, come on. Uh, and another another common complaint is something we've even talked about that people feel like his prose is not as interesting or well written as like Rothfuss. Rothfuss is called out a lot. Uh, him and Martin as being like. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Okay. Lisa Sanderson finishes his series. All right. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you I went to like a meeting and we were doing like a get to know you thing and. I think, and so we had to ask, uh, we were asked like random questions. And one of the questions that a girl asked, uh, she, you know, she read it out loud and then she tries to answer it. I think it was like, if you could, if you could talk to one person alive or dead, uh, who would it be? And she'd like, I, I'd talk to, you know, one of my favorite authors to find out when their series is going to end. And I was like, if it's Patrick Rothfuss, the answer is never. And, <laughs> and it totally was. Oh. It totally was Patrick Rothfuss. And I was like, that's funny. I mean, you can talk to him and he won't tell you. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because he doesn't know either, but no, uh, I thought you were going to be like somebody asked about like books that you've, I, I read a, a topic on Reddit the other day that was like, what is, if someone asked you in a job interview, like what's a book that you've read recently, what would not be a book to say? And so there were some funny stuff in there. Someone's like Dianetics. Don't say that you read that recently. Oh, jeez, Mein Kampf. <laughs> mein Kampf. And somebody, somebody responds like, I have a copy of Dianetics and one of Mein Kampf like in my guest bathroom just to mess with people. Oh, that's kind of fucked up. But apparently uh, there's like, there's like <laughs> books out there that are like dinosaur erotica and uh, stuff like that. So some weird what? shit. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I... Uh, I I thought they were going to like have an interesting discussion about how it's like, you know, don't say Ayn Rand. That's lame. Don't say Catcher in the Rye. That's sociopathic. Like, you know, stuff like that. Not dinosaur erotica. There were some interesting like discussions. Like somebody was like, Art of War is a good one. And someone's like, no, don't say that. Well, and someone's like, if you haven't actually read it, don't say that because a lot of people have read it. And if they ask you for specifics, you can't BS your way through that. And then some someone else talked about how they did say that in an interview and the interviewer was actually really impressed because they did know all about Art of War and they had some idea like, oh, I can use this in the business world this way. And so later on, like the, the interview was going really good because this guy's impressed. And then he, they're like they ask him a question they're like, how would how would Sun Tzu handle this situation? And the guy recounts this story from the Art of War where it's like. The king's like, well, could you turn like women into an army? And he's like, yeah, here, I will give you an example. And so he's like, he gets this hundred of the king's concubines and lines them all up and puts two of the favorites are nominated to be like in charge of the two divisions of concubines. And so he's like, here, I'm going to let me explain when I say turn right, you're to order everyone to turn right or whatever. And then everyone you're supposed to turn like this and face this way. And so he, you know, he gives basic explanation and then he gets up there and he's like, "Okay, so turn right. And all the girls break out giggling. And so he's like, okay, hold on. Let me explain again. Maybe I didn't explain well enough. 
explains again, tries again. All the girls just fall down giggling. So he, he says, if there's a mistake once, it may be that the instruction is not clear and you clarify the instruction. If the if you if you know the instruction is clear and mistakes continue to happen, it is the fault of leadership. And so he has the two women who were put in charge of these two groups executed and puts two other women in charge. And it's like, now turn right. And all of a sudden, all the women turn right and everything works perfectly. And so he's like, oh, no. you, you, you have to change the leadership approach or make sure that leadership is on the right page or whatever. To So he's trying to use this as an example of like in his interview of leaders taking responsibility and having to change something in themselves if things are going wrong. But he's just talking about women being beheaded. And apparently that doesn't go over well in an interview. necessarily. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no, that doesn't go over well. So yeah, fun stuff in the, in this, in that, uh, in that Reddit topic. <laughs> uh, oh okay. boy. I want to do, the, I'm going to go ahead and do these, uh, the emails. We have four emails. Let's hit those. Obviously we're not going to have predicaments this time. We're not going to talk about which chapters reading next time. I think for the next time, no. uh, we're going to do we're going to do well of Ascension one star reviews because people won't have reacted to this one yet. So after that, we might right. change if people don't enjoy this a whole lot. So we'll see. Anyway, so emails Caden Althor, which is like uh, the the main characters Rand Althor from Wheel of Time. We've seen heard from this guy before, but I was a Wheel of Time fan. He says finally Elantris, and he says I wrote this after the first episode of the book came out. Hi again. So first, I have some opinions about the pronunciation of names. Am I the only one who doesn't care? Books are not an audio medium. I suppose it, it's supposed to be what you make up in your mind. All this ruckus started after we started listening to audiobooks. When I read a book, I usually just skim over the names. All I remember is the main guy is the friend, the side guy, baddie, girlfriend, etc. Same goes for places, but maybe that's just me. Next, I was eating outside in a shop while I listened to this episode, and when you guys made a comment about the slime being their excrement, I gagged so hard that I had to run out of the restaurant, and now I can't get it out of my head. So thanks for that. (laughs) All kidding aside, great episode. Keep up the good work. I would like to make a suggestion where if you guys read other books, make like a bonus episode where the one who read it tries to convince others to read it would be interesting to hear. And then he says, P.S., how's the Wheel of Time going? Maybe make a bonus episode of your thoughts on that. Just saying it gets tedious covering the same series for such a long time. Still a fan, Caden Althor. So this is the guy I was talking about who had a couple ideas for, like, bonus content we could do. And I will say, well, in answer to your question, I am done with the, as I said, with the 14 main books of the Wheel of Time. I decided to take a break before reading the prequel because I think I burned out on it going so fast through it. And I thought it was okay. I had some issues, but I didn't dislike it. I think that part of it is what we were talking about earlier, where this has been hyped up for a really long time. And I don't think it lives up to the hype, but that doesn't mean that it's not good. You know, it's just, it's not the the greatest thing to ever yeah. happen to fantasy literature or whatever right so yeah but that was like uh the hype around avatar the movie i just like i couldn't oh, understand it i thought you were gonna say the last airbender i'm like the last, no, the last, last airbender is awesome great no you'd be quiet i'm talking about uh no i'm talking about the movie avatar james cameron like i did not understand the hype around it no I saw the movie I, I was like this is not that good no it's not that good uh, but anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. So, so much hype that it needs its own world at Disney and right. 12 more movies or whatever he's going to make. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> but anyway, so I like the idea of bonus content. I that is the kind of thing that we I think would do if if, like I said, if I started a Patreon for the show, then we might we, we would need to make some sort of stuff so to do bonus content for that. It wouldn't be fair asking people for pay and not give them anything extra. That's the kind of thing that I will keep in mind for that. I don't, um, except for circumstances like this where we we were forced to take a break more or less because we don't want to do the next four episodes with just the two of us at, still reading through Elantris. I set up the show. Yeah, before. and I don't think you guys want us to do that no. either. 
I, I honestly, if if uh, I, I think based on emails and things that I've heard from people, that Jamie may be the favorite. So uh, oh, totally, she's obviously the favorite. She's the yeah. best. So I, they don't want us doing four episodes in a row without Jamie, probably. No. But anyway, I set up the show in the first place with four people, so that if one of us just had to be gone, we could do a show with th- three people. We could even do an episode with two people if we needed to, if there was just no way around it and we didn't want to skip. But I don't want to do four episodes of the book with just two people uh, in a row. That seems a little, uh, a little much. So when we're forced to do something else, then that's when I start thinking about, well, what kind of bonus content, not our normal thing would we do? But for the most part with our weekly releases, I don't want to move away from the purpose of the show. If we can avoid it. A hundred percent. What was the first thing you mentioned in the email? Oh, uh, the pronunciation of people's names. Yeah, and... so I'd like to get inside your brain, man, because <laughs> I don't understand how you how you don't want to know how to say the name. I guess for me, I I like I when I'm alone, I actually will sometimes read to myself aloud. But even if I don't, I want to know how to say the name, or at least uh, to an extent that it makes sense. Because if I don't read the person's name, then I'm probably not going to remember who that person is. So for me, I've gotta I gotta at least have a basic knowledge of how to pronounce it. Um, well, and it's, it's, it's interesting because Caden said that like, they don't even care about the names really. They're just like, this person is protagonist. Right. This, this person is girlfriend and I'll just remember them that way. Yeah. And so maybe that works, but I couldn't do that. No. Could you imagine if we were doing the podcast and we were like, Oh yeah. So girlfriend shows up <laughs> and then she talks to him and then she, you know, girlfriend's not all that interesting. And then it turns out later he becomes King and then, you know, gets with a lot of other women. So girlfriend probably is kind of sad about that. <laughs> like that wouldn't, that would be really hard to follow. I feel like. So for our purposes, since we are an audio podcast, we definitely need to know <laughs> at least an idea of how we're going to say the names. I mean, I don't know that girlfriend is much better, much worse than like Tay Tay and Say Say. Tay Tay and Say Say. It was Ray Ray and Say Say. Come on. Oh, it was Ray Ray and Say Say. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I was joking. I'm not really going to call them that. Tay Tay is Taylor Swift? Is it? No, I don't know. Anyway. How would I know? So the next email is from Andre. And Andre says, hello, Sander Lanch crew. It's Andre again. I just finished episode 40 and was pretty sad to find out that Joe didn't like the end of the second book. It's my favorite Cosmere book so far. And I couldn't forget. And if I could forget one book that I've read and read it again, not knowing what's going to happen, it would be well of Ascension. I know you guys are far ahead, but I'll catch up soon. I hope you all like the end of Hero of Ages. But while I was listening, I thought of one question that I wanted to ask, especially to Joe. I also I already heard you guys mention some make some references to the King Killer Chronicle, so I assume you've read it. By the end of both books, are even more vague to me than the end of the Final Empire and the Well of Ascension. Do you like the King Killer and endings better? And if yes, why so? So, um, putting our aside our frustration with the fact that we may never get the conclusion yeah. of said of said chronicles. First of all, let, let, stop, let me stop there. Interesting, to, very interesting to me that that uh, Well of Ascension is your favorite. I. I be interested to know why you well, it is it's your it's it sounds like the twist at the end where it's like you find out that like the whole thing has been a lie and that the text yeah. has been being changed and stuff because he's like if i could forget what was going to happen on one book and read it again not knowing it would be that one because of the like epic okay that i mean that is cool that is cool that's that's one of the twists i think in that series that none of us really saw coming nope. i don't think any of us really figured that out or or got even close to figuring out that that the information that we were being given was was wrong so yeah that 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 is a cool part of that book i will say that so for me i haven't read them in a while because i i knew the third book was kind of nowhere 
uh, on the horizon. So I have not read them probably in a few years. What I will say is when I know something is, is, is meant to be a series, then vague endings, that's not as big of a deal for me. But I will say that each of the endings to, to the books had kind of a let's see what happens type of thing. Like I'm going to start school next year. And I think it's like, I think for me, it's kind of like the Harry Potter thing, right? It's like each of the Harry Potter books has an ending. There's a lot of stuff left unanswered, but you know, he's going to go back to school next year and stuff's going to happen and we're going to figure it out with, uh, especially with well of Ascension at the end. It's like, I don't no idea what's going to happen now. None. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, you know, you can say that about a lot of books, I guess, but uh, also King Killer Chronicles was one that I was uh, I was recommended by Data. So I was and I like honestly, I like Quoth more than Vin. He's more interesting to me. There's a lot of because at the outset of the book, you know what's happened. You don't know exactly what's happened, but you know, for Quoth, his story is about vengeance. Mm. At least at the outset, mm-hmm. like he's got a goal. His goal is to find the people who killed his parents and destroy them, become powerful enough to do that. And then, you know, at some point he kills the king. Yeah, because that's, you know, it's called the King Killer Chronicles. He kills uh, a king, some king, yeah, somewhere. he kills a king, some king somewhere. You know, then that he owns a tavern, that he's still alive and that things are kind of starting to happen again. But the mis- but there's a little mystery behind that as to exactly what is happening. So I would say that there's a very specific goal in the King Killer Chronicles, something we're working towards the entire time. Whereas at the end of the, uh, whereas at the end of the first uh, Final Empire, you know, you kill the Lord Ruler. So then it's kind of like, well, we're gonna rebuild this, we're gonna build this new world, and you're kind of left like, okay, well, what's gonna, how are they gonna do that? And then the same thing in the second book, it's like they let Ruin escape. It's like, oh no, the, now this power has escaped. Like, what are we gonna do? There's not like a there's not like an overarching goal. And that's not to say that, that that's bad, that they don't have an archer overarching goal. I think that's why I personally didn't like it. Because no matter what happens in the King Killer Chronicles, when he's telling the story, you know what's what he wants. He wants to kill the people that killed his family. I think for me where the King Killer Chronicle gets some more forgiveness is you go into it knowing that he's like, this is a story that's going to take me three days to tell. And at the end of each book, he's like, OK, well, that's a decent enough stopping place for now. We'll continue the story tomorrow. Right. And so it, it's not you're told from the beginning that we're not going to wrap this up nicely at the end of this book because it's going to take three days to tell the story. Yeah, you will get a wrap up at the end of the entire story. That's how the story works. Also, it's kind of it's it's very different from the final empire in that, like the first book, especially. Well, no, I'm not going to say especially both books in the King Killer there, even though, like you say, he has this overarching goal. It's not something that he's like committed to constantly. The story is really like a series of smaller stories. It's like a bunch of short stories of his life. He went out and he did this for a while Mm -hmm. and then he did this for a while. And so each little section kind of wraps up like his adventure with the dragon in Tarb, Tarb, not Tarbon, in Mm -hmm. uh, wherever wraps up his his time on the streets in Tarbian wraps up. And so you get like a lot of little resolutions along the way. Little closures. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's. uh, and since it's it's almost like reading a series of short stories, it's like, OK, well, I'm I'm OK. I'm not feeling like completely adrift yeah. because I I've we've come to endings five other times in this book. So this is just another ending. I'm going to have to wait till the next book after this. 
Yeah. Also, another thing for me was because he's telling a story about his life, like you said, we know that it's not going to wrap up. But also, the world just seems a lot grander. I almost feel like Skadriel, too, at a certain point in the series, it felt too small. It felt yeah, like... Yeah, no, I see what you mean. And because the world was ending, it almost felt like there's not enough space here for our characters to, like, live and survive and be and exist and do. Like, they're stuck in Luthadel. They're stuck in the wilderness. Like, they're, you know, they're always stuck somewhere. And there's never, like, a, a point at the book until the very, very end of the series that you're like, oh, these people have hope now. And... And I mean, there were certain instances like when they kill the Lord Ruler and stuff. But but yeah, another thing like Data mentions, like I do love like each of the little portions of the story that we hear. And I even like that there's one portion of the story where he's like, I'm not going to tell that part. And the right. and the the chronicler, the, the scroll guy is like, what do you mean? That's like one of the most famous stories about you, how you did this and this and this. He's like, I don't I don't want to tell that story. It's not it's not important. He's like, no, yeah, that's boring. Yeah. You, you don't even want to hear that, actually. Yeah, it's the worst part of my life. It's it's terrible. And then what's the name of the people that Tempe belongs to that he goes the, and hangs the, out with? The Adem. The, yeah, yeah, that was probably my favorite part of both books was when he goes goes there and learns how to do stuff. Uh, but, I mean, you're right that the King Killer world feels very big. There's lots of countries and stuff that we just hear about and we hear lots of details about. The, part of the thing about Skadriel is that the final empire is like one country even after it kind of breaks apart it's one land with a mm-hmm. not that not all that many cities in it of any size so it really is kind of small even in comparison to what we found out just in the first two times two sections of Elantris we've read where it almost feels bigger because you've got this country that we're in with this city and then we've got the big empire over here and we've got this other country across the the water and if you look at the map beyond that there's like on, on one map in like if you go past Teod, it's like Rose Barbarians, question mark. So it feels bigger, even though we haven't read into it. And it's only one book compared to three. The yeah. world kind of feels bigger. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I'm not saying King Killer Chronicles is better than the Sander, uh, than uh, than the Cosmere books um, or the Final Empire series, Mistborn's Era 1 series. I'm not saying it's better because, uh, honestly, I like them for different reasons. I would rate... Based on the first two books, I would rate them higher, but that's personal preference, mm. completely personal preference. And if the series ever ended in a satisfying way, or even if it ended and it was dissatisfying, it might get a lower score. I don't know, right. but yeah. um, but who knows if that'll happen. So Andre also says, I was really happy when I saw that you guys posted the picture I sent in the last email on Instagram. So he's the one that sent us like, oh, yeah. the, the Sander Lanch podcast spelled out in the like uh, steel alphabet thing. So Yeah, that was cool. I love hearing, and you can say that I'm watching it just to annoy Joe, your podcast. It makes my day way better. <laughs> Greetings from Brazil. Blessings to the time and next. So thank you, Andre. Hey, Brazil won, uh, won their first medal in gymnastics ever. It's pretty cool. Oh, really? Yep. Um, the third email is, you know what, Peter, I'm actually, I'm going to save this one because we're, we're going to save that till we have uh, people back together. Cause that more people good, back. It's a, it's a short and interesting question. And I'm curious to hear what everyone has to say about that one. So I don't yeah, want to save sure. many emails for that long, but that one I'm going to go ahead and hold on to since it's so short. Michael says, Hey, Sandra Lanch crew, Michael from Seattle here. I'm so excited. You're broadening your Cosmere awareness with Elantris, which I think most people don't give the credit it deserves. While the magic system doesn't hit you in the face as quickly as it in Mistborn, I was wondering if any of you had some early guesses about, how Elantrian magic could fuel volcanoes like Adium in Mistborn. 
<laughs> I don't know that it would do the same thing. <laughs> Uh, that's another question maybe we should say for everybody, but well, I'll, yeah. I'll go ahead and try and answer it. So am I supposed to guess how it could work to fuel See, a volcano? Yeah, I, I think this at this moment, since all we've seen is like, oh, you write a thing in the air and this is the yeah. magic. I think that it, w- it would be really hard at this point to make any guesses as to that. I mean, based on based on what we have seen so far, I would say that that particular type of magic system may be based on runes. Like, I don't know, writing stuff? Mm. That makes sense to me. Okay. Um, so if you so, write volcano, a volcano pops up? Yeah, or a vol- or if you write, like, fire rune, or, like, you mix an earth and fire rune, maybe that, like, does something, you know? I don't know. That would be my best guess, because, you know, if you got to write stuff, that makes me think of runes. Uh, Michael also puts a question here. He's like, I don't know if you can share this with them, but are you going to tell them about this particular information that uh, is hard to come across? Outside of Chris's essays or the Wikipedia. So after we read Chris's essay on the cell system, Michael, that may be something I bring up, depending on whether they're making any connections on their own. Ooh, the cell system. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we if we knew that yet. I'm sorry. The the planet Atlantis is on is called Cell, S-E-L. Oh, no, we definitely did not. Makes me think of Cell from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, same same sound. Uh, y'all's podcast is a great way to start the week, and I can't wait to hear what you think of Elantris wasing to the time of next from Michael. So thank you, Michael. I'm sorry, everyone, that we're taking a little break from Elantris, but you know, can't. Uh, there, yeah. There's babies, and babies change life. Uh, I know better they than do. anyone, having had uh, two at the same time, the things change very drastically after that. So it 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 didn't feel fair to try to. I, I, honestly, I feel like a month isn't very long to give them to try to settle into stuff. But that is sure. uh, that's what we settled on now. We'll reevaluate uh, after that where everything sits. Anyway, so thank you, people who send in emails. Obviously, for the next couple of weeks, we will uh, not have Dak and Jamie here to help answer emails. So if you have some questions you want f- to address to them specifically, you might save them for a bit. But if you do want to send us some emails, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and instagram and all those sorts of places if you want to talk to us we are there or i am there at least i'm i'm in charge of all the social media presence since we don't want anybody accidentally getting spoiled music by miracle of sound and i'm not even sure as we record this which one this is going to be i want to use a song that uh, for these special episodes that i really enjoy personally but that i don't think will fit with any of the books that we'll be doing later so give me a chance to get like some great song in there that wouldn't otherwise get onto the show. So I guess we'll find out you guys will already know by this time. Cause you'll have heard it in the intro. What song that is. I don't know yet. So <laughs> thanks everybody. I appreciate it. Um, if you have ideas for other stuff that you'd like us to do while Jamie and Dak are out, feel free to throw them out there, email or yeah. Instagram, Facebook, whatever, wherever you want to send us the, inf- uh, your suggestions or on the discord. I'm on the discord a lot, uh, talking to people, getting ideas, other than that, please stick with us. Yeah. When we when we eventually do come back, we'll be reading the next three chapters of Elantris uh, when we come back to the regular schedule. But that's a little ways off at this point. So, wasing to the time of next, Colo. Never be.